This episode of the Lawyers Hip Hop Happy Hour is sponsored by the law offices of Alfred Guillaume III, a boutique criminal defense firm located in Washington, D.C. The firm specializes in defending federal criminal cases. You can learn more about the firm by visiting our website at guillaumelaw.com. That's G-U-I-L-L-A-U-M-E law.com. Welcome to part one of my interview with Meredith Jolivere, Vice President and General Counsel of Politico, an international news organization. Politico covers politics and has publications in the United States, Europe, United Kingdom, and Canada. After listening to this episode, you will learn why Meredith really is a woman without limits. To put it another way, as Rick Ross would say, she's a real boss, and I learned a ton from her in our short time together. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this interview. Welcome to another episode of the Lawyers Hip Hop Happy Hour. I'm so honored and privileged to be joined by my good friend, attorney Meredith Jolivier. I just want to make sure I get the last name right. <laughs> you did, you did. Welcome and thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. I know you are. Before we even get started, I want to just say that we know we have this tradition in our, our, our show where we have our guests go through the, the crates of, of vinyl records. Mm-hmm. And I've never before pulled out multiple crates for any other guests before you because you're, and we're going to get to it because, you know, that's usually the second part of our interview where we talk about the music. Right. But your musical knowledge and the things that you were saying to me were just blowing me away. I said, I had to bring out extra crates. <laughs> so I, I don't even really want to talk about the other stuff, but I, I know we, we have to because right. people want to talk about, hear about other things. But just at the outset, I want to say that that, that was, wow, I can't wait for that discussion. Well, I'm excited about it too. <laughs> I love music. So. I, I, yes, I've learned how much in this short time that we've had going through the crates, yeah. how much music has been a part of your life, mm-hmm. your family's life. Yeah. And I am so excited to talk about it. Yeah. But before we get to that, we want to introduce the world to, to you and who you are. Mm-hmm. You are the general counsel mm-hmm. for the organization Politico. Right. And can you just explain to those of us who may not know what that position means or that organization is, what it is that you do? Sure, sure. Um, so Politico is a media organization. Uh, it is a, a digital content uh, media organization that is focused on uh, sort of the intersection of politics and policy. Um, the uh, politi- is it based in DC? So our headquarters is in Arlington, Virginia, in Roslyn. Um, we actually a suburb are- of Washington DC. Correct, correct. Um, it's a multinational organization. So I'm the general counsel, the the global head of the legal group. We have a, a, a downstream subsidiary that's in Brussels. So there's a Politico EU that also has the same nonpartisan mission of sort of educating the global citizenry about uh, politics, right? And in, in this time of hyper-partisanship and um, sort of disinformation, I think the work uh, that our journalists do is uh, really the most important. And Politico is a nonpartisan organization, correct? Is that correct. Yeah. Which means that you report uh, the news as it is, correct. without taking an ideological stance. Is that correct. a pretty fair assessment? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, right, the the point, the objective is to provide coverage, to educate people, to provide um, accurate uh, and impactful reporting. So you are an attorney that works for the organization who's yeah. in charge of a lot of different people and things. Yes, yes. How did you arrive at that position? 
Oh, um, so I, it was a really long uh, journey. I'm actually the first lawyer in Politico's history. Wow. Uh, it's a 17-year-old. The U.S. or North American um, uh, corporation is it's 17 years old. Uh, and I was hired uh, by the former upstream owner. The sort of um, um, arrangement was a uh, like a holding company, operating company sort of arrangement where I was hired at the uh, at the holding company to do all of the legal work for the operating. So you companies. did. You were like were like at that at that time sounds like a jack of all trades. Correct. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Right. As a total generalist, um, I I started my career in energy law um, and uh, and started you know at a big firm kind of worked at a series of firms around town and then in went in house yeah in DC I went to Georgetown so stayed local um, started out my career at a Boston based firm doing energy law and so um, you were at a big law firm yeah and now you're at a uh, media organization organization. so two seems to me like there's two very different kinds of lifestyles correct well not really now right because the news is continuous right 24 hours 24 hours a day no doubt Um, about that and so i you know the the intervening work was at a nonprofit organization that's an energy regulator um and and that was much more um predictable and uh didn't have the same level of uh sort of uh, you know frenetic <laughs> um it's, you know pace we i know just from having you scheduled to be on this show that yes. you're a very busy person <laughs> yes and yes. i do appreciate you coming on and making time for us <laughs> but i want to before we talk a little bit more about what you do on a day-to-day yeah how did you just Arrive. Can you walk us through how you arrived to become a lawyer, whether there are any lawyers in your family, whether you're the first? Sure. That sort of thing. Um, so uh, my my immediate family is largely creative. Um, and so at, at 10, I decided I wanted to be a lawyer. Wow. So you knew early on. Yeah. See, I had no idea. Oh, no, I knew at 10. Wow. At 10. And I told my parents. Um, 10 and, years old. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, and I would say that I was raised in a household where there were no limits. You know, I yeah. was just whatever I said. So I they would... supported you in whatever your Correct. dreams and endeavors were. Correct. Now, Correct. let me ask you: You were ten years old. What made a ten-year-old child say that they wanted to be a lawyer? What was the influence? Were you watching lawyers on TV? Were you reading books about lawyers? So I, you know, I I think that it was just interesting. Right. It is interesting. Um, I'm not, I'm not a creative person naturally, so I knew I didn't want to uh, be a musician. Or you know, my mom's a producer; she's a, an executive at Sony Music. My dad's a jazz musician, and so that's the musical connection is strong. It is both sides, right? Um, my grandfather was a doctor. Math and science didn't work for me. Um, me, that me way. neither. I think <laughs> any lawyer would have become a lawyer because they were good at math and science. Right. right exactly. <laughs> Um, and so, you know, my uncle, my great uncle, I guess he's, um, you know, is an, is a lawyer. Okay, um, so but you it had wasn't, a lawyer in your family. Yeah, but it wasn't like we spent a lot of time talking about it. Okay. It was just something that I wanted to do, wow. and I knew. Did you watch TV shows about lawyers, like Perry Mason or? No, I mean, I was. Matlock? You know. <laughs> That's my favorite show. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I think at 10, like, what I was watching, I don't know, like, the Jeffersons and right. and the Dukes of Hazard, right? Like the two polar watching, opposites, right, the two polar opposites of things. You that's know, such love is life boat, in America, right? And oh, Fantasy I love Island, love both. You know, 
oh, so that's that was my show. I, I haven't heard that in a long time. Right, exactly. You the know, so I wasn't those. watching exactly anything that. <laughs> so you just knew it was inherent in you that you yeah. knew that you wanted to be a lawyer. Yeah. And you are, you're born in New York, but you were yes. raised in New Jersey. Uh, yeah, yeah. As we talked about a moment ago with Rolf Cameron, you said you grew up being able to look across the bridge and see, to see Manhattan. Yeah, both my parents worked in Manhattan. Um, and so, yeah, it, really, really close. I went to high school in Jersey City, uh, grammar school in Hoboken. So right between the bridge and the tunnel. Um, but uh, but Jersey strong always. Jersey strong yeah. always. Yeah. And um, proud Jersey person. Yeah. And, and again, we're not talking about the music yet, but you <laughs> talked about some strong Jersey influences in yes. your musical taste. Yeah. And some artists that came out of New Jersey. Yeah. Which I'm excited, will be excited to talk about. But I keep getting ahead of myself. I keep getting ahead of myself. You, uh, you're you from New Jersey. You graduated from high school yeah. in New Jersey. And you end up at law school. Uh, the, right. You were at Georgetown right. at some point, but you're at American University first. I right. I skipped over that. Yeah. In Washington, D.C. Yeah. Um, did you take any time off between uh, undergrad and law school? So I did. Right. I graduated super early, and then I went to graduate school. How early did you graduate? Um, so I went to college when I was 16. I graduated yeah. at 20. I see in the presence then, of some smart folks. Uh, you know, it sounds more impressive than it really is, I would say. It was, I just had an early birthday, and, you know, it just worked that you way. You are a Leo. Shout out to all the Leos out there. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> um, and so, so I needed the, you know sort of, I think, extra time and, mm -hmm. and went to graduate school. And I worked full time and, and did that at night. And then I took three years uh, in between graduate school and law school. Okay, I did as well. Yeah. I took three years as well. Yeah. So, and it was, it was you know, really good. I mean, I think it was a good... Yeah, there's that's the argument that people will have, right? What's better? Is it better to go straight through mm -hmm. um, while you're in the student mode and, and, mm -hmm. and do that? Or just take some time off and do other things and then go back? What right. makes you the stronger student? I don't know the answer. I took time off and I have right. friends of mine who I went to school with who went straight through. Me too. And they're, everybody is doing pretty well. Correct. So, yeah, I don't know that there's one... You yeah. know, path that's better. I think you have to do what works for you. Exactly. Right? I was just going to say that. You have to do yeah. what works for you, mm -hmm. and you still will end up being successful. Yeah, absolutely. So, so you've been in D.C. for a while. Yeah, forever, ever. Forever. Ever. It's been a while. Since, yeah, and 34 years. 34. Wow, congratulations. <laughs> a long time. Twice as long as I was in Jersey, actually. Right. It's funny how when we when we're grow up, quote yeah. unquote, yeah. and move on and get families of our own and stuff, that we end up living in a place that's not, if it's not our home, longer than we lived from Correct. where we're from. Correct. I'm this, this is my 22nd year, almost 23rd year of D.C. Yeah. So you got me yeah. beat by a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what ben drew you Grant. to D.C.? I, I think it was just the proximity. You know, it was close enough to home that I could right. get home when I needed to. Uh, it was Four far, hours away. Right. Far enough away that no one would, like, roll up onto right. campus in the middle of the day. Um, at the time, my sister lived here. Um, my cousins, my aunts and okay, uncles. Okay, so you have, have a, a connection. Yeah, yeah. So I have extra family, you know, um, and support. I'm a big D.C. fan yeah, myself. Yeah, yeah. I'm not so, from here. I'm a big D.C. fan. Yeah. You know, so it just... It felt right. And at the time, it was really like Chocolate City, right? It was yeah. this amazing place to come. And even though I didn't go to Howard. I'm um, sorry. Like, well, <laughs> that's you know, okay. We I still know. love you. People say that. They're like, oh, you Howard? And I was, no, I didn't go to Howard, unfortunately. But it's okay. Um, but, you know, it was still really um, a great place. It's really a very great yeah. place, a unique place. Yeah. And it was, I, when I moved here, was the tail end of what the the chocolate city era yeah. and can you so for people who may not be able to 
there's context clues to what you're saying, of course. Right, but sure. Can you talk about that? Uh, D.C. at that time and, and what's been known as uh, as Chocolate City. Right. I mean, it was just a, a really a, like a bastion of sort of black excellence. It was just like, you know, you came down here. There were right. really... And I still feel that it is, actually. It, I, I agree. I right. agree. But I think it's, it's... It's definitely changed. Well, it has. I mean, you know, there's a, di- a very, a very um, different mix of people, right? They go right. Uh, to jury duty, right? You know, right. Oh, and you yes. go down and you're standing I, I see in it line. All the time. Sure, and yeah, I live in Northeast, um, also, and every, you know, my neighborhood has completely changed, right? Um, we've been there now, I don't know, eighteen, nineteen years. Okay. Um, completely. Northeast DC. Yeah, Northeast DC. DC's split completely into different quadrants. Mm-hmm. For those who may not know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and uh, right. I mean, when I, you know, we moved there, you know, my neighborhood was completely was very all black. You know, there mm-hmm. were um, uh, all of my neighbors were black. So and I think now when I moved here, yeah, diverse, it was, yeah, the population of the city was about seventy percent, and this yeah. is two thousand and two, right? Seventy uh, percent. Yeah, and I right. got here ninety. Right, so it was so, even more so. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So it was known 100%. as Chocolate City. A, a famous, uh, well. I will say an infamous line said by a politician at, at home where I'm from in, in New Orleans was right. when the mayor, I don't know if you remember Ray Nagin, mm-hmm. said... Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, of course, <laughs> he of course. And you're a political person, so I brought yeah. it. He, he used the term chocolate city to refer to New Orleans mm-hmm. and caught a lot of flack for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it was unfair for that comment because it mm-hmm. was just speaking the truth because right. New Orleans is also a city, even today, where the majority of the population is, is black. Right. And it's just a fact. Yeah, and yeah. It's been that way ever since it's been around. Actually, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and DC's the same, and it's changed now. There's a lot of uh, uh, arguments that people have on both sides uh, mm-hmm. about that, but I still feel, and which is why I have you here, and I'm so lucky to be have access to all these wonderful people. Yeah. Because it is still a place for Black excellence. One hundred percent. Thriving black excellence 100% 100% and I wanted but, to show the world that yeah absolutely absolutely but I think in in college coming into a space where um you know there were so many black people that were my contemporaries right. was a really really powerful it's thing. powerful yeah yeah it, it, it was great it's definitely powerful and I think people they always refer to Howard as the Becca yeah and, yeah uh, absolutely having that you know, I guess being the representative of that black excellence, but it yeah. exists in all corners of this city. Right, right, and absolutely. It is really remarkable, and it's just you know you get so used to it. Mm-hmm. After a while, it becomes normal. You go to yes. places, and it's not doesn't exist, and you're like, oh wait, okay, I guess it's, it's different. What we, what we so the, you know you, I mean that's a great point because it doesn't matter where you are in this city you could be in the most exclusive restaurant right. you could be in the most um ex- exclusive house the white house right you're gonna see black people everywhere, everywhere you go and that is not typical it's you know not. coming like growing up in new york i mean there i mean it's just i mean it's a so segregated new, new york place. is the melting pot right, right. but how is but but it's sort of pockets you exactly. know people kind of are segregated in many ways and so even now you know, my husband and I go back, his mom lives in Queens, and we'll go up and take our kids there, and we'll go out in New York, and we might be the only black people in a restaurant, yeah. you know, depending on, you know. And you're a fancy person, so I'm assuming well, that. <laughs> indeed, indeed. It's, I mean, Look, yeah. Own it, okay. I mean, hey, it is what it is. It is what it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. So like a fancy, you know, fancy restaurant, you're going to go, right. Manhattan, right. And, and literally, we are the only two um, you know, black people in the room, 
So, and that's just a strange. It's strange. Coming from D.C., it's yeah, definitely. It really is. It's definitely strange. So we are so lucky to live in this city. And also, I, you know, when I first moved here, I got exposed to so many other different cultures as yeah, well. Yeah. Uh, Ethiopian culture is, yeah. is, is big in D.C. I think oh, I yeah, heard a statistic yeah. that more Ethiopian people live in D.C., in the D.C. area, than anywhere else in the United States. Yeah, yeah. And it shows. And it's just another example of how vibrant and diverse our city is and i really just love it the diaspora is really strong i think there are a lot of people um from a lot of different black nations mm -hmm. in dc and so and that makes it even richer it, it, it does yeah uh, you know kind of going back to your uh, work and your career as an attorney yeah uh, you mentioned that you were at a law firm mm -hmm. and you know people had their notions, some correct, some incorrect. And I've never worked at a law firm. Mm -hmm. I didn't have that career path. But I've had friends, obviously, who have. And I've, I've heard varying things from them. I wonder what your, because you are married, you have a family. Yeah. Um, your children are older now. But I would imagine that when you were having, had these law firm jobs, that the, the um, demand on you was, was a lot. Oh, from, yeah. yeah. And, and how did you balance that with... Or did you have kids at the time? I, so I, I started my career single. Mm -hmm. uh, and I met my husband actually um, in the middle of a three-month trial. Wow. I worked from January 2nd to March 31st every day. Oof. Seven days a firm. week from January 2nd to March 31st. And... I was at work until, I don't know, 1, 2 in the morning, then back at like That's, 8. These 30. are the stories that I hear. Yeah, no, absolutely. <clears throat> um, Saturday night was the only night I could go out because we finished at like maybe 8 or 9. So you were in court all day and no. then you had to go back to so prep? I was an energy regulatory <clears throat> attorney, so practice before FERC. So I wasn't in court. But, FERC is the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission. Yeah, Federal Commission. Energy Regulatory Commission. Sorry for the acronym. No, that's okay. Um, I know somebody that works there. I do too, yeah. <laughs> Shout out to uh, Chairman Phillips. Chair, Chair Willie Phillips. Chair Willie Phillips, amen. <laughs> um, and so, who who is phenomenal. Talk about black excellence. But Absolutely. He's, um, he's been on the podcast as well. Yes, yes. And so, so I, you know, I was in the middle of this horrible trial, um, it, or hearing, really, um, wow. before for three months. Three months. And so, um, so We're talking I, dense stuff. Oh, right? I mean, it's super. It was about, it was about, um, the basically the demand curve for energy in in New England. It was um, I've already lost right. It was <laughs> I don't know like what so you're talking about. you know like <laughs> when you think about energy, the push and pull, supply and demand. It was about wow. creating a market that would help ensure that energy was priced and available at the right time and in the right um, um, uh, you know capacity. And so, but super wow. dense, right? That's yeah, um, super intense. And so I met my husband. Um, March 5th, so month three of that. Oh, wow. Um, right? And then uh, on a Saturday night. You remember. I do. That's very sweet. I do. And then our first date was March 12th, and I fell asleep at the dinner table. Uh. <laughs> um, and I was mortified. I thought I was going to die. And I got back to work, and I said, like, if I end up single and like eating soup out of a can and have a bunch of cats because I'm here with you all. Yeah. Um I'm I'm coming back to, right. to haunt you. Exactly. You know? I literally fell asleep and thankfully It he, worked out. It worked out. Love conquers it, all. Yes, yes. Love conquers he, all. He he was like, I'm gonna let you slide this time. 
but right and so it all it all did work out but it was embarrassing and that's and been intense. worst moments i'm sure many of us have had yeah yeah and then and then i had two kids in private practice and okay. i can't say it got better right? right um it was that is um, the that is the pull and especially yeah you know when i try not to ask women to be a, a, these these questions but it's relevant right how to manage family because inevitably yeah. it falls out of a wife who's a physician yeah and you know, I'm obviously not a physician, right? But I'm in here doing a podcast, and she's with our children right now. Yeah, yeah. And in evidence, she's got a job as hard or as hard as me. Right. It's harder than me. Okay, so. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, the the responsibilities yes. fall on the on the woman in a right. marriage more so than they do on in men. I'm sorry, it's just a fact. And then, as much as we men try to act like we're doing something, as I'm always told, you're not doing nothing, brother. Well, so. I- I, Although so, I am doing something. I am doing something. I, I think it, you know, so I would say my, my kids are with my husband right now. Um, they're teenagers, though, so they're right. really with themselves. But um, but my my husband is the reason I can show up the way that I can. That's he awesome. is, um, you know, in finance and has, um, a, you know, a stellar career himself. But we um, but but he is a true partner. Um, yeah. And and so we have had different roles at different times. Exactly. You know, for almost eight years, I was at a nonprofit after the law firm. Life. So that was a little bit easier, uh, so workload wise, I guess. Oh, one hundred percent. I manageable. cooked dinner, you know, six nights a week, well, and I did the things dinner, right? right. I did all of the, you know. Field trips. I, I made a turkey for Thanksgiving for the Thanksgiving International Thanksgiving meal. Right. All right. I just had time. Okay. You know now. It's like different. I don't cook at all. You know, I barely cook because I'm working yeah. all the time. I think. Do you travel a lot with your job? No, I don't. Okay. Thankfully, but but I am engaged mm-hmm. seven days a week. I work right. all the time, and um, and so again, there's an ebb and flow. But it only it only works when you have a partner that gets what you're trying to do exactly. and supports you fully, right? I support him, I show up for him, and he shows up for me. That's awesome. And that's, so, you know, yeah, that's what it is. It is, and it so, is, but it wouldn't is work right. without I'm it. I'm allowed to be here today yes. because my wife supports yeah, me. Yeah, correct, correct. I it's, did tell her you were the guest, so she said, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you can go. I said hello. I will. <laughs> <laughs> so you, um, you made it to, seems like, a point in your career yeah. where you are at the top of the food chain. Yes, and I set an intention to do that several years before wow. I got Can you here. talk about that a little yeah, bit? Yeah, sure. So when I started my career, I wanted to be a partner at a law firm. That's what I thought I wanted to do. And one of the things that- And why is that? Why is um, that? Because autonomy is important. Um, being able to shape your work and 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 control the way that you show up in the room and to have uh, the resources that you need to be able to do great work is important. And in, in my view, in a law firm world, mm-hmm. that comes from equity partnership. Okay. Right? And so... Um, Did you ever make partner? No, I left the law firm as an associate. Okay. So what happened was I had two kids. I worked around the clock. I you know, didn't see my kids Monday through Thursday. Wow. Um, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And so my husband was at home and had another person helping him. He is, um, at the time, he was um, at Booz Allen and uh, on a federal government contract. And so his hours were a little bit more, more manageable. manageable. Um, and it was like he was a single dad, you know, mm-hmm. and I was not 
um, the mom I wanted to be. I wasn't the wife I wanted to be. And I had to make a change. And so I went to NERC, the North American Electric Reliability Corporation, um, which is a, a, a regulator um, and uh, responsible for uh, the keeping the lights on, right. basically. Um, and, and there... I uh, pivoted into corporate work, away from okay. energy regulatory work. And there was a general counsel there at the time, uh, Charlie Baradesco, um, who took me under his wing and taught me how to um, negotiate contracts. Okay. And you hadn't previously done that in your other no. former law life. No, not at all. I did, you know, pleadings and f- like everything was energy regulatory. Right. Stuff. So you were not in court. For no. people who may not know that is no. you were a, a transactional, I guess, is what well, I'm no, not, not even transactional. A, a regulatory, regulatory attorney, right? right? So focused on regulations from FERC, uh, advising clients about how to um, comply with Heavy those. Stuff. Yeah, right. But it was all super technical. It was regulatory. Right. It's a little bit of policy work, you know, um, some transactional work, litigation, but it was all before administrative agency. Right. Right. And you unless it was going an appeal. To a courtroom for the judge and right. what people think a quote unquote lawyer does. Right, right. Exactly. I mean, we appealed certainly, right? Once you exhaust your administrative um, uh, options, then you can appeal to, you know, an appeals court. And, that, and we did that, right? But, mm-hmm. um, but it was very different work. But I, I knew when I pivoted and went in-house, um, I really needed to catch my breath. Right. I needed to restore balance in my life. Um, and I and I took a little bit of a pause. So you were able to, you had to, yeah. for your own sanity, Correct. for your family's sanity. Correct. I really did. But it was important and to still grow. How old were your children when this was going on? <sighs> so time? they were like, I don't know, six Five and seven, maybe. Okay. Something like that. The good news is they don't remember. Right, exactly. I was going to say. They (laughs) They don't don't remember. remember. And that's amazing because we passed my old law firm and I said, and we were all together, and I said, um, either I said or my husband did say, which one of, do you remember which one of us worked all the time and, and, you know, which one of us was never at home? And they thought it was my husband. Yeah, dad, you. And he was like, (laughs) blame the black man. Yeah. But I was so thankful they didn't remember that I was not there, you know. And so it was, it was, it really worked out well because, you know, when the you know chaperone of the field trip, when that stuff mattered, I was right. there. And that, that that's something that my wife and I are dealing with right now. Our kids yeah. are young, yeah. And you know, there's times where we both have to be at the school or yes. at an event. Sure. And there's times when we can't, and then we have to plan our whole lives around, yeah, being present for our kids. Of course. And it's a struggle at times, yep. but it's so worth it. Yeah. And I see you and I know that your kids are a little bit older than mine, that I'm doing what I need to do because at the end of the day, this is what they're going to remember, right? It, it is. It is. And I still show up. I mean, this week, literally, my, my 15-year-old got sick. She texted me like 1120 and she's like, oh, I just got sick. And I drove from... Arlington to Bethesda to pick her up at school, dropped her off in state front of the state, house, state gentlemen. to state, okay. and then drove back to Rosalind. And I had to be at a meeting at one thirty, and it yeah. was like 
you know children are the real full-time yeah job. right lewis <laughs> hamilton i was just gunning it to get back to work and i i made it back to the meeting on time but it was you know i mean so i'm still showing up that way right we all have to right um that's just life it is and that's it is but we you know i i knew i wanted to be a general counsel and i knew i couldn't stay in energy and actually do that because there's only one utility in any given geographic footprint i couldn't move my husband he's got a job and a career right. yeah. couldn't move my kids so I had to figure out how to move into an industry where there would be enough opportunity for me to be able to achieve my career goals and so having this mentor having someone it's so, it's so invaluable it is it? right so two things right mentor sponsor right mm -hmm. Charlie was both um, and that was uh, and and I've had incredible favor in life to have those opportunities yeah. to have people who I, I I have this as well yeah and it's a it's a game changer right? right part of it is raising your hand and I did that you know I was completely explicit about my objectives I was completely um, open to trying new things and learning new things uh, and it was rewarding so if you if if I'm a student listening to this and I have aspirations to be a lawyer mm -hmm. it sounds like what you're saying to me is that you should make your intentions known correct seek out people yes multiple times yes. right even if you have to evolve your mentors right because right. when you think about it like who i needed as a first year is different your first year lawyer is is different than who i need as a general counsel right, right? now my my mentors are our ceos right, right. Because I now I need to know how I can show up best, right? To for my boss, you know the right. CEO. I mean, I report to the CEO, you know. So it's a different, a completely different. So constantly evolving. Yes. And your mentorship never stops, even Correct. though you are at the height of your career Correct. and at the top of the food chain. Yeah. You still. Uh, benefiting from the counsel of a mentor. Oh, 100%. I have like an advisory committee. Wow. Um, and, and yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and so, and I think it's so critical and I'm an active mentor. So I actually mentor, I don't know, 15, 20 young people. Now, I mean, I'm young, I say early career, right? right. It means it has absolutely. nothing to do with age. Um, but, and then I think also as a mom, right? Right. As a wife, you know, because these are all other areas of my life that I need to show up well in and that are not intuitive, you know? Right, yeah. You, you just, <laughs> I mean, I didn't come out of the womb no, knowing just, how to we, be a mom, knowing how right. to be a wife, you know? We figure out as we go along. Correct. And hopefully we're doing a good job. Correct. Before I let you go, I want to just ask you, and as a mom, since we've been yes. talking about this, yes. do you see, you, you at 10 years old want to be a lawyer, yes. right? Do you see that same thing in your children and either one of your children? Not at 10. So my, my oldest daughter is an artist. She is really, really um, uh, interested in pursuing art. We are waiting now for, uh, I, we all hope, uh, a favorable response from a school she applied right. to, early decision. Yes, we want um, to claim it. We yes, claimed it. It's yes, there. yes. Prayers up and blessings down. Um, and, and, um, and it was important. I mean, the, the great thing is, you know, 
there's alignment in uh, you know between my husband and I about it's so important um, raising our kids to be limitless. Right. I was raised that way. I am limitless. I decide what I want to do, and even though there it seems go. lofty, I've set the intention. Somebody's got to do it. Correct. Whatever it is. Correct. Right. And so that's the way our kids are. And so it was like, how do we when once you know our our oldest really started to express interest in art, how do we feed that and nurture it? Um, in a way that we all hope will manifest in a life and a career that is rewarding, yeah. that is um, financially stable. Right, that's important right, too. Right, that is all the things. <laughs> Mommy, that Daddy you can't pay be. for you forever. <laughs> correct, correct. Right, um, and so I mean, you know, so that's what we're that's what we're doing. And then my youngest has now recently expressed an interest. She's fifteen in neurology, oh, neuroscience, wow. um, and in uh, psychology. Wow. And so she did two programs last summer. In that, she's going to do two Seems programs. Like very smart children. They, they are. They are. <laughs> they are really smart. They are smart and nice. What a blessing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's obvious to me sitting here that you are uh, the full package. Uh, uh, I mom, wife, uh, uh, super, super lawyer. <laughs> And it's really inspirational. Thank you. And it, it lets me know that um, hopefully I can emulate that and, yeah. and, and be on the same track as you. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing magic about me. I will say that, right? It feels like it, but you're talking that, to me now. But if you talk to me at 20, you know, right. people say that I... I, I, I I was a, a secretary, a paralegal, and a law clerk before I became a lawyer. Mm -hmm. You know, I went Everybody's to law school. Everybody's path is different. I worked full time and went to law school at night because I just could not eat oodles and noodles and craft macaroni. She's wow. like, I, you know, I needed a salary. Yeah. I was 29 when I started at Georgetown. You're 29 when you started law school. When I started law okay, school. Okay, so you, you started way late. Yeah, okay, absolutely. Wow. Absolutely. Right. Um, yeah. And then I, I came out. I had two offers. I was lucky to have two two options. Um, I did summer, you know, right. summer associate positions. Um, and then I had an offer from that firm. And then I also had an offer from my. And that's a lot of money, job. I'm sure, at the time. Right? It was 100 percent. Right. You know, I came out um, at six figures easy. Yeah, you know, I had the, the opposite the, the career path. Oh really? Yeah, I still I, I made I had three degrees when I graduated from law school and made under fifty thousand dollars for many years. Oh my goodness! Right? Can you imagine that? No, no, I cannot because that's <laughs> right. why many I, of my friends cannot. I actually. cannot. I mean, I went to school, worked full time when I went to grad school too. Right. See, you I know? did not. I was always a student. I mean, maybe I should have smart and never got a job. <laughs> no, I don't know. I mean, when I got out of college, my first job I made like sixteen thousand dollars a year. Oh, um, Look, I think I made that last week. <laughs> last year, I should say. But yeah, <laughs> just I was, kidding. I was but like, everybody's no. path is different. Everybody's I, I, path I obviously is don't different. make for all our listeners out there yes. fifty thousand dollars a year anymore. <laughs> but I know the struggle, and yeah, you have to. Just, my my takeaway from what you're telling me, and from what I just know myself, is that you got to work hard, and whatever you claim, correct. You it will have it will manifest. It will it will if you have the intention. But I think you have to make sure you evolve, you have to evolve. your goals. Right, right, exactly. And so and just it's work like, hard at right, whatever it is. Right, and think about and you will what achieve you, that success. Correct, financial correct. or otherwise. Correct, correct. But you, I think it is important to think about the attributes that you want, whatever your final goal. Yeah. What's to you, have. exactly? What's the right. end game? What's the end game? So right. it's not just a title. It's like you know, it's like what do I want? want what kind of general counsel do i want to be mm 
Mm-hmm. What kind of partner do I want to be? Right. right? They're service partners. They're equity partners. Right. They're general counsel that do all kinds of things. Right. And for me, I want to be in a space where I have influence. I want to be in a space where I have true partners. I want to be in a space where I'm in an impactful and mission driven organization. Um, and you have that. It seems like you have I that. I do. I do. You're, when we were talking off camera, you came in, you were so excited to talk about your work. And, oh, and I love it. I lo- it's, it. It is the best job I've ever had. It's the most important work I've ever done. And when someone can say that, as simple as it may sound, yeah. it's not that common. It's right? not. No, it's not. And and I moved. You know, I started at the holding company, and then the the there was a decision to bring a lawyer down. We were on the twenty seventh floor. Politico's on the eighth floor, um, and and into Politico, and I had to build the legal department, the function. I had to, you know, create. Um, the partnerships, build the relationships. Wow. So you're the top dog over there. Yeah, I sure am. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you know, I know you have somewhere to go. So yes, I'm sorry. It's it's totally fine. But you're not. I'm not letting you escape that easy. We're <laughs> okay. gonna we're gonna end this part of our interview, which um, I'm so glad and happy that you came. Thank yeah, you so much. But we're gonna pleasure. go to part two in the, in the next phase, which of course is talk about music and stay tuned ladies and gentlemen because this lady you think she's impressive now wait till you hear that music (laughs) thank you so much for coming no thank you for having me thank you for listening to this episode of the lawyers hip-hop happy hour please subscribe to this podcast it's available everywhere including apple spotify and amazon new episodes are released on the 12th of each month And if you'd like to see the video version of any interview, they can be found on my YouTube page at the Lawyers Hip Hop Happy Hour. Thank you for your support, and I'll catch you on the B-side.